Bible, turn to um, Hebrews chapter 11, back in Hebrews, I've had a break from Hebrews. Uh, let's read verse 11 and verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Hebrews 11, verse 11 and 12, by faith, Abraham, even though he was past age, eh? I'm reading from it, that must be some different, different version to mine. I'll read mine. So I don't know if that's the NIV or what it is. By f- no, I'm verse 11. Well, mine says this. Let's, let's just, just check. Yeah, it's okay. I'll come on to Sarah. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. It's made me all insecure now. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Is that okay? Okay. We were just talking about translations this week, weren't we? It's just, I must put that on my to-do list. Good. I want to talk about, I want to talk about um, grasping hold of the promises even when you have personal pain. Grasping hold of the promises even when you have personal pain. See, the truth was, you know, these people, they're real people. They're not just, not just a story, but they're real people like you and me, flesh and blood, ups and downs. Uh, and the fact is, Abraham and Sarah had great personal sadness in their life. And some of us do, because that's the way the world is. Uh, often in the life of believers, alongside the joy of knowing God and knowing that he's with us, comes great pain. And that's how it was for them because we're fragile people living in a fallen world. Sometimes we can explain why things have gone wrong. Even worse is when we can't explain what's gone wrong. Uh, but it's, we're in personal pain. And we have to f- face the fact that in this world we handle failure as well as success. We handle, lo- we handle losses as well as gains. Now, the Bible says in all this, Romans 5, verse 17, in all this, we can be more than conquerors. In other words, we can win through knowing God is with us through Christ who loved us. And we can be confident in God's promises. And that's the sort of, if you want to go to sleep now, that's my sermon in a nutshell. We have ups and downs. We carry pain. In all this, we can get through and be confident in God and his promises. It doesn't necessarily make our pains any less but we know he is with us and we endure with joy in the midst of them. And so I just want to just follow this through. Their particular sorrow, of course, was that Abraham and Sarah had been unable to conceive. And that's a real pain. It's a genuine thing. It's a heartfelt thing. And, and uh, there are some amongst us who would love to have a baby but can't have a baby. And that, and that hurts. And it hurts even more when you observe others producing sort of at the drop of a hat where did all that lot come from it just hurts it's a real pain it's a genuine heartfelt uh, sorrow and I, I can remember going from not really wanting children very much to wanting one tomorrow 
you know, that's, uh, uh, and then if it doesn't happen, it hurt. And that's how it was for Abraham and for Sarah. They couldn't conceive, and that's a pain shared by many. And in the midst of that, God comes and brings promises to them. And uh, the whole story in great detail is in Genesis, because Abraham was a, an important person in the Scripture. In fact, you and I are called, in the New Testament, called children of Abraham. We're actually part of the of the uh, the fulfilment of the promise to him. That that one day that Abraham's uh, through Abraham's seed, Abraham would have people who are his descendants, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the shore, and we're part of the fulfilment of that. Like Abraham, we trusted God, and God's counted us righteous, so we're part of the fulfilment. But God came to Abraham in Genesis 15, verse one, came in a vision. This time, God speaks in many ways, this time it was a vision, and said, don't be afraid, Abraham, I'm your shield and your very great reward. But Abraham said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? I I find that just great, the conversation that he has with God. God Almighty comes to him and says, don't be afraid, I myself, God, I'm your shield. In other words, I'm your protector, and I'm going to be your reward. You've got all of me. And Abraham, in effect, says, yeah, but what can you give me? I'm childless. That's an, extreme, it's an extraordinary interaction that God, God, God is happy to let us tell him what we really feel. Okay, I've got God Almighty, but I want a baby with some skin on I, I want something. I want someone. I want to nurse this child. I know I've got you, and you're my reward, and you're my protector. But actually, this thing is the thing that's breaking my heart. Isn't that amazing? And some of us, some of us, you know, need to be know that we're free to talk to God like that. He's a, he's okay with it. His God has got almightily broad shoulders. He can cope with you, telling him exactly how it is with you. You're not going to shock him. You know, some people think, if I said that, God will be horrified. Look, he knows a word before it's on your tongue. He knows exactly what's in your heart. You can let it all out because he loves you. You're his children. You can say this, and I want that, and this isn't fair. And, and, and sometimes he knows a lot better than you, but it's okay. It's okay to speak to God like that. So, and Abraham does. He just says, says, you know, but what can you give me? I've been walking with you for some time. You told me to leave. I left. I didn't have a route map. I didn't know where I was going. I've done that and I've walked with you and and I've obeyed you, but I still haven't got a baby. And that's what I want. So so he's telling God just how it is. He's being real with God. Are you real with God? Are you you living some sort of religious thing? Our Father in heaven. That's all good prayer, by the way. But, 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 But doing that without telling God how it is in your heart. He loves to hear your heart. He really loves you. God is not a little bit like a father. He is a father. You know, he's, he's not, it's not just some sort of nice image in the Bible. He really is a father who loves his children to pour out their hearts to him. And that's what Abraham does. And then God promises him his own child. Not, in this case, an adopted child, although that's wonderful when God provides children through adoption. Uh, nor via his servant girl, which we'll come on to later, the, the issue of helping God out a little. But God gives him a promise, and God gives us promises too. It's wonderful when God gives you a promise. 
And that's what he gave him. Cling on to those promises. But not, not only did God give a promise, he gave him encouragement. It's lovely that God, God gives us a promise. And then sometimes, because he knows what we're like, he gives us encouragements along the way. And in Genesis 15 and verse 5, he gave him this encouragement. God took Abraham to one side. It's a lovely expression, is it? Does God ever take you to one side? You're in a meeting, there's lots of people around, but he just, it seems like he's just taking you to one side. So you have just, just a word in your ear. God can do that. Just takes us to one side. It's as if we're the only person in the room. And God says, this man won't be your heir. Because he had a servant chief servant who is going to inherit all Abraham's stuff. And he said, no, 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 this person's not going to inherit, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars. I don't know if you've ever been in a, in a desert or in a place where there's no street light, lights, but you, you see, honestly, you see stars like you've never seen them before. <laughs> really? There's that many? Wow. It's just amazing. No light pollution, nothing nearby. And he says, count the stars if indeed you count them. And then he said, so will your offspring be. And Abraham believed the Lord. God gave him encouragement with the promise. So he reiterated the promise and gave him some encouragement. He said, hey, you need a visual aid, Abraham. Some of us write things down. Some of us like pictures. God gave Abraham a living picture. He said, said, Abraham, every time you go outside your tent in the night and you look up at the stars, that's my promise to you. That's my encouragement. You know, we, we need remind, memories fade. <laughs> Some of us getting a bit older, it seems to fade a bit more. But memories fade and we need reminders. Can I, can I encourage us? If there's a promise, if God has spoken to you, open your Bible and you felt, God's, wow, that verse leapt up at me. Write it down somewhere. If someone gives you some biblical promise or some prophetic promise and it's, been, and it's come from a number of places and so you're really believing it, write it down. Have, remind yourself of that. God gives him a reminder. Interestingly, he does it again in chapter 22 because Abraham had to hang on to this promise for some time. 22 verse 17, God comes to him again. The angel of the Lord called from heaven another time and says, I swear by myself. And then he goes on to say, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. Then he adds another one. And as the sand on the seashore. I like that. So he gives him another, another reminder. Yes, I'm going to give you a son. Your descendants will be numerous. When you look at the stars, that's great. When you've got your head up the stars what about when you got your head down oh well the sand on the seashore i like that don't you do we, we need reminders when, we, when all is well and we're looking up at the stars wow look at what god said but when we were a bit mizzy technical term a bit mizzy when, when you're a bit down when you when you've got your head down and you're discouraged we need reminders then too don't we so so whether abraham was in a good mood looking up or in a bad mood dragging his feet he had reminders from god wow even the sand even the drops of sand my descendants will be like that god gives encouragement write them down i spoke to someone recently who who took over 
uh, a church from a very successful guy, and he was struggling. And I said, well, how, how are you doing? And he said, every, every time I get an encouragement from God, I write it down. Every time I get an encouraging card from someone, I write it down. Every time I, I, I get a prof- promise or a prophecy, I write it down. I've got a drawer in my office, and when I'm really miserable, I go in, I lock the door, and I get that drawer out, and I read through every one. That's great. Some of us need to do that. God, God speaks encouragement, and we, we think, well, that's nice for now. Go out the door and forget it. No, no, let's, let's take the encouragement that God gives to us. And then, with a promise and encouragement, Abraham had to learn to wait. I was so encouraged. Bill spoke about waiting uh, earlier on. He had to learn to wait. See, a promise from God can sometimes be like a post-dated check. You know, I, 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 like, I like it when God says something, you, you pray it and it happens. I can, I can cope with that. <laughs> but, but my experience is that usually it doesn't work like that. And the reason it doesn't happen like that is God wants to grow me, not just give me stuff. He does want to give me stuff. He does. He's a good God. But he also wants to d- mature me, which is slightly more painful. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, I think, you know, having, just getting, you know, we know with children, don't we? If you get everything you ask for straight away, you end up with a spoiled brat of a child. Don't you? We, not, nobody here, obviously, but so, so, we all know those children <laughs> over there. It's not good for us, is it, always, to get what we want. Why? Because developing patience, saving up. Oh, I used to hate that when my mum said that. Well, why don't you save up for it? Save up for it? There's something in waiting that's good for us. Sometimes we have to wait. Even though God's promised, we have to wait. And and in the waiting and in the patience, we develop character. And God knows best what we can cope with when we can cope for it. I remember um, Billy Graham's wife saying, I thank God that he didn't give me the husband I thought I wanted several times. (laughs) She had to wait until the right guy came along. She wasn't going to get desperate, waiting. She felt God had promised her a husband. She just waited and waited. and That's the one, that's the one. No. And on she went, learning to wait. Do you know, Joseph had to wait 20 years, even though he had a dream from God that he, he would rule over his brothers. He waited 20 years for that dream to come through. And God put him through some false accusation of sexual assault, put him in prison, sold off by his own brothers into slavery. He went through awful times. He had to wait. And in the process, he was changed and became mature until he was actually, in the end, became prime minister of Israel and rescued several nations from famine. That's the purposes of God. Moses had to wait 40 years before he could even start the work that God had called him to. So we have, our, we have God said this, I'll do that. It's not like that. David was anointed king as a young lad, had to wait years before he sat on a throne. And that was only a bit of the kingdom. He had to wait another uh, few years before everybody acknowledged him as king. It's a lovely verse in Hebrews 6 verse 12. Copy those who through faith and patient endurance receive what God has promised. Copy those who through faith and patient endurance receive what God has promised. 
See, see, what I've learned over the years is Western faith's got a three to five year time limit. I don't know why, it's just the way we think here. It's sort of a bit American way, we can do it, we've got faith. But actually, is that actually, sorry, any Americans here? Uh, but it's a, th- it's a sort of three, three to five year thing. So we've got faith, but when it doesn't happen quickly, we, we sort of say, oh, it's not happening, is it? What have we done wrong? And uh, Maybe God didn't say it. But what I've noticed about my brothers and sisters in other nations is they have faith because God said it. That's it. God said it, we'll just believe him. I once asked our friend Emmanuel, who's built hospitals and schools, 120 churches, has no visible, I don't know how it all happened except God. And I said to him, because we were thinking of our building, I said, what, what, what is million pound faith? What, what is million pound faith like? What, what does it look like? Ah, he said to me, it's the same as a hundred thousand pound faith, but you keep it a lot longer. It's not, it's not a different faith. It's not some other thing. It's just saying, God said this, so we will continue believing it. I found that really helpful. It sort of takes the pressure off. You know, No, we're just going to trust God. If we trust God for longer, that's okay. But we just keep walking with God. That's why we need the reminders. That's why we need the encouragement. So we need to learn to wait have some African faith, or probably just biblical faith, actually. <laughs> and then we need to beware. While we're waiting, we just need to be really careful of good ideas that aren't God ideas. Abraham had been about 10 years in the promised land and wandering around not owning a single bit of it. In fact, he died only owning the bit that he bought to bury his wife in. And, and the next generation inherited those same promises. So we have a very short view of things as the next generation and then even the next generation uh, continued to believe the promises that God had given Abraham and so in the midst of this way Abraham has a good idea and uh, or his wife together with him and, and that is why don't we do the surrogacy route which was not as scientific as it was as it is now he did the surrogacy route so he slept with Hagar the servant girl and, and had another child and it caused much heartache although God in his grace actually said to that child I'm going to make you a nation as well which is wonderful but but beware good ideas which actually come out of your own impatience not out of out out of God we must seek to do God's will in God's way you know it's it's tempting sometimes to just help him out a little because the almighty seems to be a bit slow isn't quite caught. What all that means is we're a bit impatient. It doesn't work on our timetable. It's quite normal to wait patiently for the Lord and grow in our dependence upon Him. Sometimes we can bend the rules and, and miss out on the blessing. We've got to keep in step with God. Impatience is a big danger to us. And what I've learned is this God's delays are not God's denials. You know those moments where you think, is this ever going to happen? Is this ever going to happen, Lord? But God's delays are not God saying no. They're not denials, they're just delays. And his purposes will be fulfilled. And God comes and restates the promises and restates the promises. And, and Abraham is then 99 years old. He's not looking too peaky. And Sarah's not worn too well either. She's past the age of having children. 
And God comes to him again and promises them the whole land and many descendants. Sarah is now 90 and God comes and says, this, this year it's going to happen. Sarah is going to become pregnant. She's going to give birth to Isaac. I'm going to call her the mother of nations. Imagine someone coming to you, ladies, when you're 90 and saying, you're going to be the mother of nations. I mean, you'd have mixed feelings, wouldn't you? Think, <laughs> think Really? And eventually, after all this carrying this sadness, which they continued to carry, but trusting in God and needing the reminders and the encouragement from God, laughter comes. An angel in um, Genesis 17, verse 17, says, Abraham laughed. So it was a laugh of faith, I think. Abraham fell face down and laughed and said, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? He's, he's laughing. He said, wow, that's amazing. That's just incredible. I don't know if you've ever laughed when God says something to you. It's joy mixed with incredulity, mixed with faith. It's a mixture. It's, wow, really? That's amazing. I can't believe it. And yet I do believe it. It's amazing. The joy at last comes to Abraham. And Sarah also laughs in chapter 18 and verse 12, I think it is. Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? And then the Lord says, why did Abraham laugh? And then she sort of, she was afraid and lies and says, oh, I didn't laugh, honest. <laughs> but she did. But she seemed to quickly repent of it, so that's okay. It was a laugh of cynicism. You know, a laugh of, really? I'm not sure I believe that now. Not after all these years. Not now I'm 90. It's a laugh of, you know, sometimes when you have a long delay, it can lead to cynicism. You think, oh, I've waited so long, I'm not sure this is ever going to happen. It's a laugh of cynicism, but God seems to cope with it, and she must repent from it, and, and they go on, and it all happens and she has a baby. And then when Isaac's born, she actually calls him Isaac, which means he laughs. That's great. And there's joy. At last, this promised child has come. But they've learned to wait. They've learned to trust God. Trust God and not manipulate. Trust God and not give in to bitterness. That's easy when you have a long delay. Not give in to bitterness. Not give in to unbelief. Just trusting God is good. I don't know what the delay's about, but God remains good. I'm trusting him. There's a long delay, but it's not a denial. I'm trusting. And I'm trusting that one day this God who is good will bring laughter into our lives again, despite all our failures. And you know, you know one of the interesting things the New Testament says about Abraham was he didn't waver through unbelief. And I, I look in my Bible and think, Really? I mean, he had a baby by his servant girl, for goodness sake. That's slightly wavery, slightly dodgy. But, but God looks on and, you know, he looks on and it's, it's all like, yeah, but he trusted me. I know, I know he made mistakes, but he trusted me. God loves faith, not just success. God loves it when you trust in him. You might make a complete muppet of yourself. You, you might do, hopefully not have a child by your servant girl but you might make all sorts of messes on the way and God looks and he says yeah but I love your faith isn't that good isn't that the grace of God that he he looks over these my these major whoopsies in our life technical term 
<laughs> we make a complete mess of it. We get it wrong, and sometimes we get it badly wrong. And God looks back at, and he says, you know what, because of my grace, I'm going to look at you and say, you didn't waver through unbelief. What? Have you, have you not spoken to my wife, Lord? <laughs> no. She'll tell you the truth. No, I know all that. But when I look at you, I see someone, and the direction of your life is, you trust me. And God loves your faith, not just your track record. He loves your faith, your belief in him. And God is faithful. Somebody read it out this morning. Abraham considered him faithful. It was a considered thing. He thought about it. And he made a commitment in his heart and his mind to say, I'm going to trust God that he will be faithful and faithful to the end. Now we've run out of time. What's the so what? Let me ask you this. When you think about the promises of God, either in the Bible or prophetic promises in your life, how, how do you approach them? See, some people approach the promises of God like thin ice. We haven't had any freezing. You know, you know when you go on the ice and you think, Oh, will it, will it carry my weight? I'm not sure about this. Or, or, or are you saying, hey, this is solid. It's solid not because not of my, you know, when you walk on ice, it's not your ability that does it. It's, it's the thickness of the ice, isn't it? God's promises are certain and sure. Are you supported by the promises of God? Here's the second one. God really understands and listens and enters into your pains. I, I know some in the church. I'd be overwhelmed if I knew them all, I'm sure. But God understands and knows the pains of your heart. Even the unexpressed prayers. Or the prayers that actually come out as just tears into your pillow. He understands and he hears them and they're precious to him. In fact, the Bible says he keeps your tears in a bottle. It's a great picture. They're precious to him. He understands your pains. His promises can support you. They're solid as a rock. And he will give you himself while you wait. He is your shield. He is your reward. He'll always be with you. He'll never let you go. And one day in this life, and if not, when we get to the end of this life, we'll be in his presence and there'll be fullness of joy and lots of laughter. Amen? Amen. Let's, can I pray for us and then we'll... We're finished. We've gone slightly over time. Father, thank you that your promises are just rock solid. We're not, Lord. We waver. We go to and fro. Sometimes we try and manipulate. Sometimes we give up on you, do our own thing. Forgive us. Help us to learn to wait, to be confident in your goodness, in what you have said. And thank you that right now for everyone in this building who trusts in you you understand their pain thank you that we can speak to you in honesty we can tell you exactly how it is and you look on us with favor and grace you overlook our ups and downs because you love our faith and we thank you that our destiny is to be in your presence one day which is a place full of joy and we thank you for that you keep your word for us in this life too and you give us after tears, joy comes in the morning and you give us laughter and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.